Welcome to Let's Get Social with me, Philip Twyver, to the Curly Marketer, social media strategist and management. And me, Emer Duffy of Fit Social Media, your social media personal trainer. So if you're confused about social media or not sure what channels to use, well, we've got you covered on Let's Get Social. We are back Friday. Emer, how are you doing? It's, it's not Friday again, is it? It is, yeah. Already, oh. you know. We're, we're, kind of, we're, we're, we're flying through January. Um, uh, well, it wasn't a good week, I tell you. Wasn't it? Oh, no. no. My New Year resolution that I was saying about coffee and... Tell Dr. Phil all about it. Oh, Dr. Phil. Google, yeah, the coffee, <laughs> coffee. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm no. weak. I'm so weak. It's not funny. And, uh, and then I was even weaker. Uh, nearly as weak as your jokes, but uh, weaker with, <sighs> with Google Fit. Um, nice. Yeah, you were but, trying this house. How did you get on? Yeah, no. <laughs> no, it didn't. It didn't go. No, I think I'll become unfit social media. Google um, unfit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, well, you see, you put me to shame because you're always on your bike, and then you're I, doing all these other exercises. And I thought, do you know what? We all have our talents and our strengths, and yeah, they're not Google there. Fit isn't isn't yours. So. No, no. What oh. about you? Are, I suppose you're you're still being really good, aren't you? Do you know, it's funny, yeah, you know how they say it, it's something like um, 28 days to change your habit or something like that. Um, me getting up now at like 10 to 6 and on the bike is a habit now. Five days a week in the in the cycling gear come hail, rain or whatever, I'm on the bike. And, I think uh, you're, I think you're, you are more, you're the crazy marketer, not the curly marketer. Um, yeah, whoever came up, <laughs> all I can say is whoever came up with the idea of New Year, New Year resolutions, I can't even say it. Emer Jan- wants to talk to you. Yeah. January um, is not a fun yeah. month. I mean, it should be like March resolutions. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I was standing in the shower as you do. And I was wondering if there's such a thing as a happiness app. And there is. There is a happiness app. Well, there's an app for everything, isn't there, these days? So it's the Action for Happiness app. So it makes you happy, does it? It, it does indeed, <laughs> more than your jokes. But anyway, um, it's supposed to be your daily companion, right, for a happier life. That sounds nice, isn't it? Uh, it's a bit like me every Friday for you, Philip. Yeah, you're definitely my 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 happiness check-in because when I hear about your week I go my life really isn't that bad thanks thanks a million so anyway I'm happy now um so when you get you get some sort of like you get daily ideas designed to help mm. boost your own well-being which I think really? is probably not a bad idea it's a good idea actually yeah. Yeah. what I like about it is like you know you can actually they'll put up like quotes and you can share them out onto Twitter Facebook all that kind of stuff and they have things like friendly February mindful March active April which I won't be your uh, favorite yeah and it lets you, as I say it lets you share out your your actions and your ideas with others so there you go it's a bit of a repurpose angle I think there could be. Uh, well, well I, you know, and I do have one that you you may like to try as well. It's called uh, Insight Timer. It's oh. a, like a free meditation kind of chill out app. It's great for if you have trouble sleeping or you're worried about stuff. Stick this on for ten minutes, and you literally you're out like a light. So I'm always out like a light. <laughs> well, look at you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm probably out like a light now by the end of this because I know what's coming. Yeah. I know no, what's coming. No, no. <laughs> You know, this is, I know this is the fabulous Friday, you know, this is your fun Friday. This is your moments when you love uh, to. You you're not going to make me happy. This. You know, this is not going to make me happy. No, it won't. 
Hopefully, it'll make our guest happy because oh, okay. otherwise we have, we've no show. So, uh, um, okay, you better make Listen, her happy. Let me, let, I better, okay, <laughs> okay. Here, here. The social media joke of today is: Why couldn't the marketer sell his plumbing business? I'm going to play along. I don't know. Because he had a leaky sales funnel. Okay. I don't think anyone will ever want to repurpose that joke, I tell you. Yeah, probably right. And probably no. better off not repurposing that. No, I, I would say, you know, we'll, we'll park that one. Okay. And okay. as ever, all I have to say is, if you find today's social media joke engaging and would like more of them. Yes, you would. I'll leave that to your decision. <laughs> you, you're in luck. You can catch Philip's previous social media jokes and indeed our other shows by hopping on to our podcast on the Let's Get Social show on Podbeam, iTunes, Spotify, and the Dublin South FM website. So do go check them out. Please do. I do need the support. He and definitely does. He definitely does. I, and as I mentioned, we do have another special guest this week. Delighted to have uh, this really interesting uh, this guest on. Um, she is a business owner, author, podcaster, speaker, and content repurposing expert. Mm. Her business, Content 10x helps businesses, entrepreneurs, and influencers, thought leaders to maximize their audience reach by repurposing their original content. And that's not all. Before striking out as a digital entrepreneur, um, she worked as a management consultant with Accenture for 13 years after graduating from business school and specialized in leading large-scale business transformations. Wonder can she transform you? But anyway, um, outsourcing. <laughs> Um, she, she worked as outsourcing for BPO, M&A, and for the Fortune 500 clients, including Microsoft, Barclays, Bank of America, and the UK government. And she's here with us today. We are delighted to welcome Amy Woods to Let's Get Social. Hello, Amy. Hey, thank you for having me. It's great to be here. You're still here, thankfully. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder, did we put her to sleep there? Um, <laughs> Amy, it's great to have you with us. And before we kick things off, we always ask our guests their opinion of our social media comedian. Oh, I'm, I'm, I was trying to suppress the giggles. It was, it was <laughs> such a, <laughs> it was a, I, yeah, a, I think you said a dad joke, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, I, th- I think you uh, suppressed the giggles really well because I didn't hear any giggles. <laughs> oh, I was laughing. I Inside. Inside. Yeah. <laughs> At least one of us was anyway, you know. Yeah. But, um... Thanks, Amy. Your support is always welcome. Um, but listen, Amy, it's great to have you on the show um, because content marketing, um, like myself and Emer, we had uh, Joe Pelissi on. Um, a number of episodes back, you know, the, I suppose, termed the godfather of content <laughs> marketing. And, uh, but what really intrigued about, I suppose, your approach was how you have turned the whole element of strategically repurposing your content into new forms or taking something that's already been posted and making it new again, refreshed, etc. And we really wanted to delve into that with you today. Um, but just to kick off, just for the uh, the listeners, Amy, you know, tell us about Content 10X, you know, what it is, what is it that you do? Yeah, sure. So um, at Content 10X, we are a creative agency. So we're, you know, we're an agency, but with a very niche aspect, which is that we repurpose content. So that's our focus. So we work with, um, with businesses mainly who are embarking on or, you know, already 
fully underway with content marketing and are looking for some support really so want to maximize the content so that's what we do it's it's a service that we offer it's to to businesses who have podcasts or video content and then we'll take for example a you know a weekly episodic video and turn that into a podcast into social media content into blog posts and articles and so on so really just kind of get the most out of weekly episodic content that the that people mm-hmm. create um but also at Conto content 10x as well that's what we do that's the core of the business so you know the team consists of copywriters and video editors podcast editors graphic designers you know um reviewers publishers etc and that's what we're doing for our clients but then i also like to help people who we aren't doing it for you but like show you how to do it as well. So I've got my podcast that's all about teaching people how to repurpose and just inspiring, giving tips and advice. And mm-hmm. and then we have a toolkit that people can purchase if they want to do it themselves. And I've got the book and I, and I do speaking and, and things like that as well. And well, I used to, <laughs> not so much anymore. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so I guess content 10x, it, we're all about how you can maximize and repurpose your content. And the business side of it is that we are a creative agency, basically with, with a very specific specialization that we repurpose content. Brilliant. So I know it's, um, I mean, the, the term content repurposing uh, sounds quite scary to some people. Um, could you explain it actually a little bit more so that people get a better idea? Yeah, sure. And I think um, there's loads of different, I guess, definitions of content repurposing and, and people have different ideas on what it means. But for me, what content repurposing is, it's about getting the most value out of content you create by looking at ways that you can um, you can change up the format and you can change up the location to 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 reach more people with the idea. And I always like to explain it that all forms of content are a form of communication, whether you are communicating via audio, so radio, podcast, whether you're communicating by video or writing blog posts, whatever it is, you know, you're communicating a message. So repurposing is more about I put all that time and effort into communicating that message in that format. So let's say it was in in podcast format and it was going out on the podcast apps on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all of those places. Mm -hmm. But how could I take that message then and communicate it in a different format to connect with different people in different places? So perhaps you will take your podcast and turn it into, you know, short uh, teasers and short little audio bites that you could share on the social media platforms and reach people Mm -hmm. over there and perhaps you could write up um, an article based on that episode and put it into your blog and have a blog post or write an article for Medium or LinkedIn or other places that written content can go. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, perhaps you can take quotes and graphics and things like that and turn some audio into visual content as well. But it's all about staying clear to the message of what the content was, but just looking at how you can change up the format, change up where where the content is um, to, to deeply connect with more people. Um, and I guess one of the key benefits of doing that is that ultimately you can save time with creating content if you do it that way because you can have a system in place where you're not scratching your head thinking what's the next thing I should put on Instagram or what's the next tweet I should do and things like that because you can Mm -hmm. have a system where your long content becomes more content and helps fuel all the different platforms that you want to be be on. 
So yeah. in other words, I was going to say, Philip, sort of yeah. like maybe, you know, uh, you're drip, drip feeding after. So maybe if somebody has missed the podcast, it's kind of really getting back in front of them with something, you know, uh, as you say, short length as opposed to long form, like it, maybe in a video, um, a short video, maybe to pre-promote or something. Would that be yeah. a, a nice angle, maybe? Yeah, and, and I think there's a, a few different angles to look at it. So what we do and, and what we do for a lot of our clients, it will be about repurposing a, a, a like a longer form piece of content, like a podcast mm. episode or a video mm-hmm. into shorter bite-sized pieces. And often the call to action is we want people to um, maybe discover that podcast while they're in a different place, like while they're on Twitter, while they're on Instagram or Facebook or something like that, mm-hmm. um, and just maybe start to engage with and enjoy the shorter form, like the bite-sized content. So we're not asking you to dedicate an hour to listening to this podcast episode at the moment. Do you just, do you like these short messages that are coming out via, you know, breaking Mm. down the episodes into more snackable content? Mm. Um, And often the call to action there will be that hopefully they will go on to to listen to the podcast that eventually they'll enjoy enough of the shorter form that they'll move on. So in some ways it's a bit like breaking down content into breadcrumbs and then spreading the breadcrumbs out and hoping people will eventually consume enough breadcrumbs to come back. But when we're doing content repurposing for businesses, it it often isn't always about um, enticing the audience to your longer content so to that podcast episode or the video because if they're getting enough out of consuming the repurposed content they don't actually ever listen to podcasts but they love the short video that you create from the podcast episode if they get enough from that and they just become a fan of the the bite-sized content as long as they're ultimately taking the action you want to take from a business perspective you know as long as they are starting to like you and follow you and then ultimately start converting you know hopefully turn into a conversion turn into a lead and maybe one day a sale then that's enough you know so sometimes I don't think you have to always go after but I really want you to listen to the podcast if you just love my Instagram post you know for if you just love the shorter form yeah. so it's it's kind of going both ways I think um, it's not always promotion I guess is what I'm saying sometimes it's just that people love your message broken down don't want to consume the long form yeah like I think I think it's a very very important area you've kind of touched on because I think when it comes to content, particularly say with clients that myself and Emer would work with, or even the audience that might be listening to the show, and um, where kind of it's it's small medium enterprises, there at times they can get locked into this sort of this I suppose vicious cycle that it has to be completely new content all the time. Exactly as you said, you know, kind of what do we write about next, what do we talk about, what do we tweet. But that actually when, if they actually took the time or even had someone like yourself where you did a sort of a content audit and suddenly realized, well, you've loads of stuff here. And, uh, you know, out of that that blog, there's 25 tweets, but all linking back to your website. Out of the video, there could be an ebook. You could create multiple lead magnets, etc. So I think the whole element of repurposing is so valid for businesses because you know when they literally create a piece of content to be kind of looking at what other kind of forms of content could be created out of that piece of content because if they look at it strategically there's plenty of options so i suppose kind of leading on from that then maybe the benefits of repurposing i suppose one is that one piece of content could generate multiple other sources of content 
Yeah, it's about that. So it's about, I guess, in a way, it can save you time on content overall, because if mm. you are, as you just said, if you're a bit more strategic and if you're looking at the content you already have and you're already sitting on maybe a gold mine of, of so much information and value that you've got wrapped up in the content that you have, mm. then one way is it can save you time by, you know, unwrapping that value in the content you have and just finding those different ways to, mm. to, to communicate and break that down. Um, I mean, another thing is, so you have the likelihood to reach more people when you repurpose content. So I think another way of looking at it is not having all of your content eggs in one basket, so to speak. So if you are only, let's say, let's say you only have your podcast and then your podcast goes out on all of the podcast apps and, and that's it and you don't repurpose into any other format, then, you know, not everybody listens to podcasts um, at all. I think, you know, the mm. Edison Research that do the big studies every year on a US audience said that only four in 10 people regularly listen to podcasts. So, you know, that's good. It's growing and growing, but mm. not everyone does. So if you then think, well, how could I repurpose this into something for the non-podcast listeners too, then you're likely to reach more people. So um, reach the people who prefer video or prefer reading or prefer social or whatever it may be. So mm-hmm. I think one, and, and like, and, and same if you, if you put all your, if you only ever do videos and put them on YouTube, you're only ever going to reach people that A, like YouTube and B, like video. And mm-hmm. then you're going to not reach all the people that don't like YouTube and don't like video. So it's expanding reach, but also it's about connection too. So we we all consume different content and we all connect with different forms of content in different ways. And, you know, some people are just way more likely to connect with something if they've read it versus watch it and other people, the, the vice versa. So yeah. if you can find ways to just tell your message in that different way, your likelihood to connect with more people, not just reach, but connect with more people because you're putting it in a way that they prefer and connect with content can make a really big difference as well. So mm. you're reaching more people, connecting with more people. If you if you do it effectively, you're going to save time as well. So have mm. good process in place and you're going to save time on your content. Um, and it's also really good for things like SEO as well. So, you know, having more content out there, having more links back to your content, more people sharing the content as well. So it can help with with, you know, so there's so many different angles and so many different benefits. Um, and it, although it does sound very time consuming, you have to look at how much, how much time you put into content overall and really look at how much of a percentage of that should really be repurposing versus out the churn of new, 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 new all the time. So mm. it's, it's about being smart with your time and ultimately finding that, that you can create more content in less time if you are repurposing the existing mm. content that you have. Yeah. Um, totally and I, I have to say, like, I mean, you're, you were saying about the time element, um, you know, it is more difficult to create content every day, new stuff and repurposing will save you time. Um, but what if you don't have time for repurposing content? Is there a structure that you would say to people, you know, stick with this kind of template, like, you know, uh, quotes, a little video, um, maybe even some sort of audio file. What would you suggest? Yeah, well, I think that when it comes to that whole challenge of, of you know, I don't have time, um, I think firstly, 
it, it comes down to, well, how much time are you putting into content overall? Because mm. sometimes people will say that to me that um, if, for example, you know, I've got this podcast and, and I spend all this time on the creation of it and then the, the post-production and, and mm. you know, getting it up on my house and things like that. And it's all well and good and great, all this repurposing. But by the time I've spent, you know, I don't know, like, you know, eight hours a week on my podcast, um, I've got to go on to the next episode. You know, I don't have time for any of that repurposing. Mm. But my challenge there would be, well, you're not getting the most value out of the one you've just done and you straight on the content hamster wheel creating the next piece of content mm. so maybe you need to actually look at that proportion of time um, maybe your podcast should be every two weeks and maybe that eight hours you spent one week on the creation of that episode well maybe the eight hours the next week could be all the repurposing that you could do of the episode that you already have seen. Sometimes I think it's around challenging the schedule of your episode, episodic content and then looking at content, time on content overall and what percentage of that is churning out new, new, new versus the repurposing and then start to even that out a bit more so that it's not all about the new and you're building in the repurposing. Um, but then I think it's taking it one step at a time as well. So, you know, it's great for me to talk about all these things that you can do because you know, I've got the team and that's what we do as a business. So it's easy for me to say that. But I think, you know, if, you, if you're time strapped and you're trying to work out what is the most effective way to, you know, put your time to your content, the first thing to do, I think, with repurposing is just try not to do everything, but trying to establish habits. So it's funny, you know, talking about like habits and New Year's resolutions and things like that earlier. Mm. You have to establish habits with your content. So if you want to just do one additional thing firstly, so let's say you've done that podcast episode, maybe the first thing you could do to repurpose it would be to um, turn that podcast episode into, let's say, a blog post. So every time you do one, you'll create a blog post and then you'll have a new blog post going on your website as well as the podcast episode going out. Mm -hmm. And do that for a while and, and make that a habit, make that part of your content methods overall to do that. And then maybe think of the next thing then. So what social platform do I want to do more content for? Maybe it's Twitter. Mm. So let's have a look at this blog post. I've already written out. So now I've got written words, not just the audio format. And let's pick out 15 tweets that I could tweet out based on the blog post. And I don't mean taking out 15 sentences, but more where, where are the 15 conversation starters here? Where have I said something that I could ask a question? I could do a little poll. I could, um, you know, get engagement. So, um, yeah. there's bound to be lots in there. So then you have your 15 tweets and then make that a process, you know, every week and I'll do my podcast, write a blog post and come up with 15 tweets. And it's like that. It's just adding the extra steps on, um, mm. to, to make that content go further and not spend so much time worrying about then what you are going to put out on your website or on Twitter because you got it all handled through a process that you have. So it's a bit like slicing oh. up the cake. No pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought I thought we had left. Sorry, Amy. Yeah, nearly every show uh, there's a reference to baking or cakes, or even though she can't bake. I know I'm terrible. You, you, the kitchen is a dangerous place. But um, I was going to say it's a bit like slicing up that. That if people want to kind of get a better idea, I'm thinking, think of it like a cake and slice it up and have it so it's a little bit 
maybe more consumable um, rather than you say, I've got the podcast or it's just an article. You maybe don't have a podcast, but, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you ha- you just write a, a, a blog post every month and taking out parts of that and, as you say, put it out as a tweet, put it out as maybe an Instagram post. And then, you know, or even do a, a mini video just to give an overview and then direct people over to the blog might be a little bit more um, time friendly and easier for people maybe. Yeah. I mean, even just thinking about, you know, really super quick and easy things that you could do, mm. like, you'll, you know, you'll always do an Instagram story, um, maybe even before you're about to record the podcast episode. So not always just, you know, repurposing, but things yeah. like behind the scenes, that's not necessarily, you know, might not say it's repurposing, but it is really, it's just thinking of things that you can do with the content. So, mm. um, yeah. And then afterwards, you know, we've just done this episode and when it goes live, do doing more like real and raw like videos stories things like that too um but the cake analogy is great I mean it's kind of like imagine baking a cake every week but then only one slice gets eaten and then it just kind of sits there and goes all off and everything you don't do much with it and then you just keep doing cake 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 it's like maybe just pause and start eat making sure people eat your cake before you bake the next cake <laughs> and don't have all this cake piled up so there you go philip like that. Well, maybe, like... maybe they don't like cake no maybe they like um, yeah well lemons, that's it isn't it you know, yeah yeah or oranges yeah. slices oh that's too healthy get away from uh, that. <laughs> um, yeah. like like to a certain extent as well I mean, you probably come across this with, with your own clients. I think sometimes as well, when it comes to, say, the content creation and the potential overwhelm of even just creating a blog post, it can come down to mindset as well, that if if they can sort of just tweak their mindset slightly as to how they maybe view that piece of content rather than kind of, phew, we got that up, now we have to move on to the next thing as opposed to seeing the... Um, I suppose the positives or the the benefits that potentially can be achieved from that piece of content. I think people often ask me, um, what's the best form of content to, to repurpose or more so, you know, what's the best content for me to create? And you make such a good point that it needs to be content that you're comfortable and you enjoy creating. Um, so it's not this mm. chore, like you were just saying, you know, you kind of maybe dread writing that blog post and then you finally mm. get it done mm. because consistency is so important, isn't it? And it, you're more likely yeah. to be consistent if you are finding a format that suits you and maybe it's such a chore writing that blog post but you suddenly discover that you do you you love to do videos or you love to speak into a a microphone and do a podcast or whatever so it's you know it's not always about what's the best content to repurpose but firstly I think it's well what's the the content that you are going to be most comfortable communicating in um enjoy communicating that way and be confident and therefore we'll get consistency and we'll get quality and confidence and all of that because then you're going to have quality content whatever that may be videos podcasts live streams and um, blog whatever it is and then look at repurposing because from quality we'll get lots more quality but importantly you're going to be consistent because you enjoy that form of content and you're going to be confident as well because you enjoy it um, 
um, and stop kind of treating it as, oh, you know, oh, not another video. Why have I committed to doing weekly videos? I hate being on video. That's not going to work. <laughs> that, that's like somebody we both know. So <laughs> yeah, and it's not me either. <laughs> yeah. Like, like you made it. You've made a good point there, Amy, which kind of leads in nicely to this kind of question because, um, and this is probably just is one mistake, is consistency. Um, mm. Like when you look at, say, companies and, say, content repurposing, you know, consistency, what other mistakes are, are people making when it comes to repurposing their content? I think um, a problem that people have, or rather a mistake that we see people make is um in repurposing, sometimes it's just thinking that repurposing is lifting and shifting or copying and pasting the same content into different places and not respecting the different platforms and the, the nuances of different platforms and, and why people are there and what kind of content they expect to get. So I think it's about being creative and making sure that if you are turning, let's say, you know, let's say a blog post, if you're turning that into a LinkedIn post, then you need to think about who's on LinkedIn, who on your audience is on LinkedIn, what kind of copy will they respond to? How are you going to extract something from this post that's going to be right for that platform? And then when you're going to go and put something onto, let's say, Instagram, um, that's going to be completely different to LinkedIn. So you can't just go and put the same thing on different platforms. Mm. People mm. are there for different reasons to engage in different ways. And, it, you know, a TikToker isn't going to like a LinkedIn post and vice versa. They're not there for different reasons. So, it, yeah, it's it, firstly just respecting the platform. It's not a case of, um, oh, yeah, I, ju- I just put the same thing everywhere and, and that's repurposing. It's a lot more than that. Mm. Um, and also it's about making sure that if you are trying to trying to be in more places that you are still going there and following the content and engaging with the content when it's there too so a funny mistake that sometimes i hear people make is they'll say something like um oh yeah i i always create lots of tweets I, i'm not on twitter myself um i don't really ever go there <laughs> i use a buffer or agora pulse or something like that and i put all these tweets in and yeah. it's like oh you're not on it so you don't know if anyone ever retweets or likes or comments mm. and, and and you don't do anything and you know basically not following the content so um that's another thing you know if you're gonna repurpose and put content in different platforms respect the platform and follow your content and, and be there and engage and with, with other people as well and be sociable on social media um and then you know I, th- I think another thing as well is just being a bit like wary and careful with automation too which which i guess leads in it's aligned with what I just said on both counts about being um, respectful of platforms and following content that, you know, don't necessarily think that if you, I don't know, like sign up to something that will say that we'll take your blog post and we'll automatically turn it into 50 tweets and and you don't have to do anything. I mean, that's not going to work because it's just going to take like, you know, a sentence that doesn't, you know, isn't going to be written as a tweet. You know, it needs to be you, it needs to be real, it needs to be engaging, things like that. So just being a bit bit wary. And I'm not saying that there aren't some automation tools out there that certainly help with repurposing because they're 
definitely are, but it's it's not something that you can just get a bot or AI to do. You, you have to be, um, yeah. you know, you have to be present and there and creative and still follow all the normal rules that you'd follow with core original content. Yes, it's like the title of our radio show, Emer. you know, let's get social. You still have to engage mm. and create that bit of personality yeah. and fun, you know, and, you know, converse with people who are engaging with your content. Yeah, yeah. pretty about the jokes, but I'm sure we'll get over that. Well, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we've been talking about podcasts and we've been talking about video. And um, I was going to say, um, I, I, I bet you're, please, please agree with me here, Amy, because I hope you're not going to say, <gasps> I'm going to ask, what is the best kind of content to repurpose? And don't say video. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> well. I think um, <laughs> it comes down to, um, I honestly think that the answer to that question still has to be very much creator led um, because it really does come down to, mm-hmm. but who are you? Who, who is your audience and where are they and what do they consume? And also, what kind of content do you feel comfortable creating in that? Because you have to find the sweet spot of the content that you are comfortable creating that you'll be consistent with and confident mm. with. And, and and hopefully that nicely pairs with where your audience are and the content that they consume. So it is about, you know, there's no point in you going all in on video if it turns out that your audience just don't consume videos or mm. going all in on podcasts when they don't consume podcasts. So getting that sweet spot. But, you know, I would I always say that the answer is video and not only video, but but live oh. streaming can be no. a very good one. <laughs> but, um, yeah, exactly. But uh, it's a massive ask of pe- people. And the, mm. the reason that mm. I say that, if you are really confident, so um, you, you mentioned about Ian Anderson Gray, who we all know, and, and yeah. he talked about, like, you know, big fan of live streaming, teaches people to be confident live. And, you know, there's a reason for that. You need to be taught and it's not necessarily coming naturally to people. But the only reason I say that is if you look at the content pyramid, um, when you are live streaming, you aren't just creating content, but you're creating an experience that people can come and join yeah. you in. Yeah. So it's it's an experience and content. So you get that aspect. You get the um, the community side of things of people being there, the access to you, transparency, authenticity, and all of that. And, and it's two it's a two way street with the live video. Exactly. So. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. It, it's not just content, is it? It's a, it's a content and an experience, two-way street. So there's so many dimensions to live streaming that can tick so many boxes if done well. Yeah. Um, but then if you segment your live stream in such a way that you have um, a section that you say present on a, a core topic. So, you know, let's say you do a live stream and it's going to be about how LinkedIn have just brought in LinkedIn stories and you chat and do all your usual um, interaction with people and maybe have it segments of involving your audience, things like that. But then I always think if you can then settle in and have a bit where there's a, a core presentation or a core interview with somebody, but something that isn't so much dependent on the live aspects, but could then jump into being the content that you're going to repurpose. Mm-hmm. So let's say, well, let's say then that you have an interview with somebody and you say to the audience that um, whilst we're going to do this interview for 15 minutes or so, we're not going to take questions or, you know, kind of engage. We're going to do it. And then at the end, we're going to 
come back, have the banter, have the questions, things like that. So then you get that core piece of video content that can be treated just like a pre-recorded piece of video content. You extract it and it can stand alone as, as a piece of content. And then the reason that I love video then is because with video, you always have audio. As long as you've been thinking about it from the point of view of it's going to become audio so you you aware of how we present the live stream it's not too visually dependent or the video etc um you could take audio and you could turn that into a podcast content so you could turn that into a podcast episode and then with video you've got more video because you can slice and dice your mm. longer videos into the short videos you can put on you know all the platforms are shorter teaser videos from stories type content to yeah any, anything like that and and then you can always write so you can always do write up you can turn that into a blog post as well maybe even get a transcription and then um wordsmith that out into a blog post and you can create all you know quote graphics and all other types of content too so the reason I kind of say live stream is it, it just see it sitting at the top of the pyramid where you've got the experience, the video content more videos it can be audio it can be written it can be so much more yeah. um so yeah, you know, I would say that, but with that massive caveat that I know that live streaming isn't for everyone, video isn't for everyone, think more about consistency and quality and you'll find great ways to repurpose, but it does sit at the, the top of the pyramid for repurposing. So I'm off the hook for video. Like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. It's going to be, let's get social live. Email. You <laughs> <No>. and me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, like Amy, uh, uh, like so far, listen, it's fantastic. Some great um, insights and uh, information you're, you're giving us today. So thank you again for being on the show. Um, like, I suppose we have touched on automation and some of the pitfalls, um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, would there be a sort of a time when you feel that maybe automation does have a role to play? I suppose a, a, an example would be, uh, we mentioned some of the uh, social media scheduling tools, like there is um, Hootsuite Buffer. I know SmarterQ is one that I, I know has this functionality where you can kind of do this kind of evergreen bucket kind of piece where you can put, say, a tweet back into a, a bucket to be um, automatically retweeted four weeks down the line or something like that. Um, is there a role for that to play in content repurposing to say something like that, have posts be reposted or or tweeted in order to keep the feed going and to get more eyes on, on a post? Or what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think um, in that regard, so the the social media scheduling tools and the, the recycling of posts, I guess, yeah, I mean, in my world, because I kind of live and breathe, like repurposing, because it's what we'd, we do as a business, yeah. I don't really consider the post recycling to necessarily be a form of repurposing, I suppose, because it's, it's just mm-hmm. kind of recycling the same content, isn't it? But mm-hmm. I think there's... A lot of people used to do it, didn't they? Um, well, Meet Edgar was the first one that was was really good for you setting up the yeah. various kind of buckets and letting them recycle through. And then, it, and it was mainly it's mainly a Twitter thing, that isn't it? And then, yeah. um, Twitter weren't too happy, and then they said you couldn't actually do that anymore. You couldn't keep doing it. But then it was just found different ways to slightly reword it. So it wasn't exactly yeah, the yeah. same. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, but I'd, I kind of, I agreed with Twitter when they were trying to clamp down on it because they were only trying to um, ensure a quality level on the platform. And, you know, they weren't really seeing that sharing the same things over and over again and retweeting your own content was necessarily a quality play. And they were just trying to make sure that people 
just created more original content and, and mm. didn't keep sharing. So it did make sense to do that. Um, but I, I think I think it's a great idea to always be sharing content that you've created from the past. So say that, that those blog those um, posts on Twitter were related to a blog post, and you're trying to tell people that you you know that you've written this post, that the points, the value, how it can help, and things like that. I think I don't think you should um, feel that you can't do that, and that you. Um, it had its like one month of promotion window and now it has to just go in mm. and, and get cobwebs and stuff and not get mentioned mm. again. Yeah. Um, I just think you need to be, make sure that you, if you're going to set things like that up um, that are automatic and are just are kind of going to pull from your archives and share things out, I just think you just have to keep an eye on them and you just have to look regularly, you know, weekly to see what is going to be going out, make sure that, it still makes sense, you know, in the current mm. climate and and things that go on and, and current affairs and things like that, that you are always ready to hit the pause button and the reshuffle and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but more so, I guess, we like to encourage people to do it, do it more in response to something. So when... So there's been some kind of something in the news or some development on a platform or something like that. We like to encourage you to kind of like then think through your archive and do it more responsively. Like, you know, this has happened. Well, you know, check out this um, article that we wrote about this or check out this Mm. view that we have Mm -hmm. and things like that. So more kind of, in a way, news jacking with content that you already have to Mm. show that you're up there and you're creating content already. But again, that requires time and we were talking about automation. So I think those kind of automations are great. Uh, You just need to keep an eye on them and not Mm -hmm. just think that they've got everything under control for you because they don't. Um, And then in in kind of other types of repurposing and automation where it will go another step further. So, you know, I mentioned sometimes you'll see that there'll be a tool where it'll say, we'll just take your blog post and we'll turn it into 20 tweets um, so they're going to, you know, it's going to kind of pull out 20 sentences from places in your blog post and that will become a tweet. Um, I just think with things like that, just be careful and um, just mm. always remember that it's about quality and just check that it isn't just very random things that are going out on your accounts because a bot is you know, crawling and just yeah. putting content yeah. out. Yeah. yeah I, I think these sort of tools and stuff are improving, but there was one that I once, you know, tried early in the business just to see really, because I was writing a blog post about different tools and I was doing a little test and it, it was just really bad. I don't understand how anyone could, you know, kind of grow a real audience and things like that with just random sentences being pulled from blog posts and tweeted out and things like that. But yeah. if these things improve over time, I'm not saying don't use them, but just be dead careful. There's be, mm. be, it's your account and it's your audience. And it's, it's if you've built an audience over the time and your social goes all strange because you started automating things people will notice and people will zone yeah. out so you know yeah, just be careful <laughs> yeah. yeah absolutely no it's just use common sense like exactly. I, I know like i did test it um but it was like that i always kind of felt i couldn't uh but it was a very clever app uh, i don't know if you ever came across it uh or yourself uh, emer um iftt did you ever come across oh yeah yeah if and then it was like in if, if if then then that or this that yeah 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 I wasn't a fan of it yeah like it sort of you know when I started off in social media Amy I suppose there was a sort of a um a rationale of you had to be sort of like almost like 
tweeting 50 times a day. Mm, yeah. And you got into this sort of this kind of this um, this play of, say, using maybe an IFTT and like I'd maybe read the social media examiner blog. Mm. So and you set up a sort of a, a recipe there you go, Emer. Back to the back to the oh, baking. See, um, can't beat it. <laughs> you set up a recipe in IFTT that every time they issued a blog, it would then tweet out. But it's already exactly as you came. I brought. I came back to the point of well, my feed is just being clogged up with all these blog posts that are not from me. Mm. For me, so I just basically I stopped it and just decided if I tweet once a day, but it's my perspective or my content. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I and agree. it worked out much better, you know, much better. So. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you don't, you don't want to become too repetitive. That's the other thing, you know? <laughs> no, not at all. Um, actually, be, talking about being repetitive, uh, unlike somebody here, but anyway, we won't go there. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, um, yeah, I'm on a roll. Um, what tips, Amy, would you say to people so you can avoid looking like you're repetitive, sounding like you're repetitive? Hint, hint, fella. <laughs> Uh, my my advice there is that it's all about looking at your content and working out how you can come at it from different angles as well and things Mm. like that so it's about breaking it down in different ways so um i just like a great example i suppose is just with our own content so um this week um well can't remember it's coming up but we have our anniversary of a podcast you know so many three years of the podcast and oh, when we were re- congratulations, congratulations. <laughs> thank you um and we were you know looking at repurposing there was a video about it in a blog post about it and if we were going to create lots of social media content and just kept saying um you know it's three years of the podcast it's been great that kind of thing that would sound repetitive so we were looking at the different angles like firstly well this is a milestone in our business mm-hmm. so um there's a there's a good post out there about how do you celebrate milestones it's the third birthday of our podcast and we did this but do you how do you and things like that so mm-hmm. there was that another aspect was you know I was kind of t- talking about I'm not very good at talking about myself you know I like self-promotion that kind of thing so yeah. you know we started off by saying and you know it's great but I don't normally turn the camera on me but and then kind of shared the story with the podcast so then that was another one it was like well that's another post about um do you share much about yourself um in your business do you share your personal stories and things like that so you know we were looking at all these different angles of um then we shared the story so there was different points in the story so one repurposing approach would have been just loads of different ways of saying three years of the podcast three years of the podcast thanks for your support you know but actually it was like how do you celebrate milestones and do you turn the table turn the you know cameras on you sometimes and you know have you ever consistently created content and how long have you done it and things like that Mm. so just taking a step back and thinking what are all the different messages what are all the different angles and coming back to the respecting platforms thing I think it's then working out well that's a great angle that would go really well as a LinkedIn post and that's a brilliant angle that we could create a graphic for to go on Instagram and and, you know and that could be a that could be an infographic because that's like our steps of how we got there Yeah, yeah so um you avoid sounding repetitive by taking a, a really bigger picture on how you can break things down into into different angles, different ways, all from one piece. But there's just always so much in there that you can extract and look at in different ways. And that's what we really try to do, try to help other people to do and, and just try to do with our clients as well. That's a, that's, that's great advice. Um, 
like uh, we were on your your website there when we were just kind of prepping for the show and we love your site like it's um, oh, thank you like the, like the user experience of it and it's it's colorful and it's really well branded and you know we came across um like you've got a number of fantastic posts and obviously your podcast episodes etc but you did an interesting post which is almost like a an approach which we would just wanted to kind of i suppose tease out which are very uh, a little bit on the show here and it's kind of this ask curate and create you know this kind of genius way to maximize content would you just touch on that a bit uh that kind of that that sort of approach uh that you mentioned yeah it's it's funny that you asked that because um i suppose this is where we were looking at content repurposing from a different angle because we always talk about taking your own content and then breaking it down but this was actually about how can you involve your audience in order to help you create content by asking them you know asking them um questions and things like that and use using the platforms out there that can help us engage with our audiences like instagram polls and twitter you know on Twitter and things like that and um, I quite often I, I get really inspired by the way that the American talk shows um, create their shows and then break them down into content that goes out on social and YouTube and things like that and I mean like the Late Late Show with James Corden and, and Jimmy Fallon and those shows I just think are so good at the content that they create from their shows and um, the examples that I gave were um, so there's this mean tweets that, uh, who is it now? I'm, I'm terrible with my memory. I think it's it's one of the Jimmy, so it's either Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel. But I think they, it's Jimmy Fallon. I think it's Jimmy yeah, Fallon. They, and, yeah, and, and what, something that they do is, you know, they they curate all of these mean tweets about um, guests that come on the show. And then this curation process then becomes a segment of the show where they've created basically other people's content, like, you know, audience generated content and created a segment for the show. And another example, actually, Jimmy Fallon is really good at, he'll get something going on Twitter in the days leading up to an episode, have loads of people commenting on on whatever question he's posed. um, And then people will get their comments and their tweets and things like that shared on the show. There'll be thousands and thousands because he takes a hashtag. um, And then, you know, he's got an entire segment of his show based on asking something on social media, getting lots and lots of responses, and then using those responses to fuel his content. And the reason that I thought this is really good you know, that's all well and good talk shows and things like that. But then how can we as content creators with say podcasts or videos do that? And I just think it's really genius because it's flipping it around and involving your audience beforehand. So, you know, perhaps taking some kind of hashtag on Twitter and letting people know that you're going to be doing, you know, a show soon and asking questions, getting people to respond, letting them know that the best one's going to be featured in, in, in your show, that kind of thing. Even in, you know, you could even go as far as inviting people on. But that that concept is, yeah, asking beforehand, finding out what people are talking about, you know, curate responses, curate the content, and then have some fun on your own segment of your show that is all about, the asking and curation of content that came beforehand um and i just think it can work really well we talked about live streams before i think that could work on live streams but i honestly think it can work in in any form of content even a blogger could do that and say my next blog you know piece is going to be based on this and get something going on social get people responding and then use that to fuel your content actually we had another guest um christian hull 
Yeah. Um, and he's always asking questions. He does these great videos. And uh, I have to say, he asks, asks the audience and mm-hmm. he gets feedback and that's how he creates. And just the ideas. Yeah, yeah. 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 And he does an amazing job. You should check him out. But yeah. we have nearly run out of time, unfortunately. Um, I wanted to ask you, you have a great book, I have to say, uh, Content 10X, More Content, Less Time, Maximum Results. Can you give the guys listening in um, a little bit more about that and how it might help them as creators? Yeah, th- thanks so much as well. So um, it's really a real guide to repurposing content and it covers all different types of content. So it's not a book that's really been written to consume from start to finish, like, a, mm. you know, just read it as a novel. It's supposed to help you. It's almost like a side of desk guide that whenever you're creating certain types of content, there's going to be a section in the book on how you could go ahead and repurpose that, whether it's social media content or videos, podcasts, podcast, live streams, maybe you have mm. a membership, an online course, an infographic, whatever it is. It's, it's full of just really kind of hands-on kind of practical walkthroughs of all the different ways that you can repurpose different types of content. And mm. then it also gives some guidance on, you know, the, the, the systems and processes that you could have in place to help you with the overall processes of repurposing content. And we talked before a little bit about having the right mindset as well and and how you view content in order to um, be able to create it in the best possible way and repurpose it. So, you know, it helps with systems, processes and mindset. And then very much it's, right, what are you creating? Go to that chapter and and just read through all these different ways that you um, you can repurpose um, the content. So yeah, it's kind of like a little repurposing Bible to have by the side of your desk whenever you create content <laughs> to help you take it a bit further, basically. That, that's actually a really smart thing to do because you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If you say nobody's going to read a whole book, like, you know, no. they're going to forget areas, but having a yeah. good side and no. bookmarking it might be a really good strategy. Yeah. You know? Your content repurposing Bible, I think. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Somebody, uh, somebody said that. So, uh, it was an Amazon review and someone wrote that and I thought, oh, oh wow, wow, that's really nice. <laughs> well, there you go. well, definitely. Um, well, well, certainly, Amy, there is a lot more we could talk to you about and certainly uh, we'd love to get you back on the show at another time if, uh, definitely, if, definitely. if, if the experience wasn't too horrific for you. Um, <laughs> but I suppose I know that you've got an excellent podcast, the, te- the, the Content 10X podcast, but where would you like to send people to go to if they want to know more about yourself? Oh yeah, so I think the best place would just be to go to our website, so content10x.com and it's just one zero is the 10, so content10x.com and because everything is there, everything related to the book and the podcast and links to social um, everything is at content10x.com brilliant well amy thank you so much for joining us yeah amy do come back you know um it's been an amazing insight into how you can really make the most of your content uh, and more as i say um and uh, maybe uh, philip might get ideas about repurposing his jokes but anyway i'll go there <laughs> Well, um, well, I suppose all I, all I have to say is uh, if you enjoyed today's show, you can catch it again and the other shows on the Let's Get Social Show podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and of course on the Dublin South FM website. So please do download and subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And until next Friday at 2pm, I've been Philip Twyford, for The Curly Marketer. And I've been Emer Duffy of Fit Social Media. And we'll see you next Friday at 2pm for more Let's Get Social. See you then. Bye.